Here's to all the crazy ones. Got any crazy ones out there? Sweet. All right, all right, very apropos. If you come to our house, by the way, and you want to get on our Wi-Fi, our, it's actually called Crazy House. Okay, so. And, and not because we think we're genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's make it about that, not yeah. the reality that it's just crazy <laughs> at our house. Um, but really, I love that phrase, people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones that do. And, uh, and so as we're in the series about standing out, being people who literally can change the world, I think that's why the scripture took these four qualities out and said, hey, look at these and, and, the, and let's pursue these things that are about Jesus. So um, just want to let you know, next week, actually when we conclude the series, we're going to be talking about the fourth quality, which is outstanding leaders, which really is how do you actually equip people to be everything that they were meant to be, which matches that video really well. But the truth is, before you can be world changers, um, there's a battle. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And um, when you talk about parenting and you talk about kids um, in your home, there will be a battle first. I don't, I don't know any way that you can actually be a parent and not be engaged in battling with your kids. It just happens. But I also know that if you're a parent, you will also battle for your kids. And that's what we're going to look at, those two things right there. And the reason that we battle with our kids is because we battle for them. Mm-hmm. And I, this, preparing this sermon with David this week has been so good for me because the reality is this has been, of all the four sermons we're given together, this is the one that hits most closely to home for me. My, I had no idea what a battle I was stepping into as a mom. And I don't feel like when I stepped into it, I was very equipped. And so, um, so much of this, both what we're going to share has come out of what we've learned, and it's also coming out of where we're seeking to grow and to learn. It's really an area of struggle for me. Yeah. You want to talk about one of those areas of struggle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> we will as we go on. Uh, we do have one really funny story, just a picture of my um, weakness in this, because I, I tend to over-empathize, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, but as being impre- unprepared to be a parent really happened for me right away. And, and we have my spy friend, Amy King, who overheard my daughter at literally age three, hiding in a closet, instructing her friend on how to get whatever she wants. If you just cry hard enough and complain long enough, your mom will give you anything you want. It works for me every time. <laughs> Can you say shame as a mom? Oh, It, so. is, it is crazy, like uh, thinking about parenting, because um, I should have known right off the bat um, when Mariah, our first daughter, when she was born, right? I had this beautiful image, guys, right? Sunday afternoon, football games, your, your baby's just going to be laying on your chest while you're watching the game on the couch. Mariah, man, every, from the day she was born, every time I would hold her, she'd do this to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we met our match. I, I should have known, right? Yeah. This is going to be a battle. And how many of you battled your kids? You guys who have toddlers, or you remember your toddlers? How many of you battled to get them to eat, right? Like, to get them to eat, to eat the right things, to not stick food up your nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody else have that issue? We had one child that kept sticking food up their nose, and one time they stuck a piece of macaroni up there. And so cooked, I, cooked macaroni, cooked, soft cooked, and yeah. mushy. Yeah, because I grabbed some tweezers and I tried to take it out, but it was so soft, it just kept going through the tweezers. So finally, when you're a brave warrior, you know what you do? I, I took a straw, 
and I stuck it right up her nose and I sucked it out. <laughs> you will do anything for your kids, right? <laughs> I tell you. Uh, hey, so in light of this, you guys, we've been promoting this Friday night. This, this parenting thing, as we're <laughs> going to talk about today, is a battle. It's tough. So this Friday night, we actually have uh, this, this comedy night that's been hap- that we've been promoting. It's this Friday, October 6th, we actually have two sets of free tickets. And we just want to give them away to anybody, any, any couple who just says, you know, I could really use a break, especially if you're parenting right now. Would anybody like these free tickets? Right here? Okay, you right there, and then we'll go right there, okay? So after, yep, yep, Valida. So after the service, Susan and I will be out at the New Decay 2 thing. Can you guys just pop by, and we'll take care of that, all right? So enjoy. And the rest of you, man, Friday night, great night, laugh. You need to laugh, right, when you're a parent. So here we go. Yeah, baby. Um, (laughs) If you're not a parent, you still need to laugh. I'll say that much. Um, Really, these are lighthearted examples uh, for a battle that actually is pretty intense. Parenting is super, super hard. But actually, and I've been thinking about this all morning since I walked in here at 8 a.m., life is a battle. Life is hard. Just getting in this building today for each one of us is difficult. And And really, this scripture, if you're here as a a single person, married without kids, or empty nester, and all of our illustrations are going to be unapologetically for parents, but here's the deal. If you are going to have any loving, vulnerable relationships in this life, you will battle with others because you will battle for them. We need each other in that way. We need our friends to see when we are veering. We still need our parents, even as adults, to see when, we're, when we are doing anything that's not allowing us to reach our full potential. And so as a person in Christ, God is going to call you and ask you to battle for and with others in your life and to do it well. So listen to the Spirit. Let Him apply this to your life as we go through it today. Yeah, you're going to see all the scriptures aren't parenting verses. It's just truth. And, you, and when, you, when you follow Christ, you learn how to read the truth, receive the truth, and apply it to, to all of your situations. Okay, so here's the one, kind of the core verse we're going to kick off with. It's in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29. Paul, um, the great missionary at the beginning of the church, writing the church in Colossae, he says, so we tell others about Christ, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all the wisdom that God has given us. We want to present them to God, fully mature in Christ. And that's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. This is a great verse right there. As a parent, you sit there and you go, anybody want to present your kids mature, right, in Christ to God? And of course, because mature in Christ, that means they're becoming like him. So, and we want this for all of our kids. We want our kids to have high integrity and high character, to be responsible, to be faithful, to be wise in their decision making, to care about others more than they do themselves, to be honest. Like all the qualities that we look for and we want to rise up within our kids, if you can sit there and go, man, I want to present you someday to God fully mature to grow them up into Christ. And, and it's true, as the scripture says, it takes work and struggles that are really, really hard. But we depend on Christ's mighty power working within us. Okay, just remember that. As we go through this whole message, what's Christianity? Jesus came 
to take human beings who are apart from God trying to make life work, and he reconciled us back to God and put his very spirit inside us. We literally have everything we need to do this well, okay? So let's pray, and let's ask God to speak to each one of us to empower us with this mighty power, all right? Father, thank you so much for Jesus um, that we are not left on this planet to wonder why we're here, what the purpose of life is, or even what is righteous, what is good, what, what works, what's productive. Jesus, you came and you revealed to us the reality, the truth of life. You revealed to us what it is to have a perfect relationship with God. And we love you so much that you came to rescue us and to help us. So, so Jesus, would you take these truths today, and, and God, everybody has their unique situation with people that they're influencing, and we just ask that you would speak to us, open our eyes, and help us to be brave warriors like you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so let's hit this first one. We're going to talk about how we battle with our kids, all right? So we know we battle with them because we battle for them. That's what we're teaching today. But why don't we sometimes engage in this battle? Why did my three-year-old know she could get whatever she wanted? Um, for many of us, and this is my truth, um, we don't want to hurt. We don't enjoy the sorrow and the suffering of our kids, and we don't want that. Others of us um, lack strength of conviction. I had no idea how weak my convictions were until I had kids. No one will challenge your convictions like kids. I thought I would be the mom whose kids never ate McDonald's chicken nuggets. <laughs> and I was so wrong. Thank God for McDonald's. Um, it's just so sad. <laughs> and the other thing of, that made me weak in, in my ability to step into the battle is that my opinions or my desires for life and my convictions felt extreme and impossible to carry through. I didn't know how to carry through on things, so I waffled a lot. That's part of why I have pulled back from being strong when my kids are opposing me. Yeah. Um, and it's just true. I, I mean, some of you have no problem battling. Some of us others do. And I know when I did youth ministry and worked with high school kids for years, it was very clear to me that most parents weren't really engaging the battle very, very strongly. And for me, I'm a, I'm a high relationship guy, right? And so sometimes I would disengage from the battle because I didn't want the conflict, right? I just didn't want to go there. I didn't want to, the pain. And so I would, I would abdicate that. And then to be totally honest with you, sometimes I just was too tired. <laughs> I would just get home. I had no emotional energy. So instead of engaging in this battle with my kids, which is so important because I want to battle for them, I would just let it go. And, uh, and so that's what we can't do, okay? So we're going to talk about this. Here's, here's three things. When you battle with your kids, number one, you need to do it with conviction, okay? You've got to battle with conviction, so here's an example here in Matthew chapter 16. Again, so what we do is we open up the scripture and said, where did Jesus kind of battle with those that he was leading, with his apostles? Well, here's one episode. Peter took him outside and he began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Does that sound like your kids, anybody? <laughs> anybody have toddlers out there? No, right? Who are constantly rebuking you when you tell them to do things? Well, here's what you do when that happens. Jesus turned and he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. We're going to use that. There you go. So if you want to help your kids, uh, you're supposed to be laughing. That's supposed to be funny. Um, <laughs> but we're not, we're kidding. We're not actually okay. going to call our kids Satan. Yes. Miss Pastor Dave said. Though we will. It is biblical, though, by the way. Uh, 
But, but really, what was, what was Jesus doing? He was saying, you don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Why, why was Jesus able to come back so strongly when Peter was coming at him? No. Uh-uh. Nuh-uh. Jesus could do that because he said, you are a stumbling block to me. See, Jesus had a very clear mission. He knew what he was seeking to accomplish. And what he was telling Peter was, I know why I'm here, and you're not going to stop me. And I'm telling you guys, when you're parenting your kids, you better know why you're here and what your conviction is. What are you trying to do with your kids? And I, after this week, it was just even clearer for me. Our mission's clear. And it's to present to God our kids mature in Christ. Like, and, and so everything I do, I'm going to have a deep conviction where I'm saying, I am going to help you become like Jesus because all the ways of God are good. All the ways of God are right. I love you so much that I'm going to battle with you in this. And then Jesus says, you don't have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Now listen to this. This is true. Again, we say this all the time because this is the gospel. This, you got to understand this. The truth is every human being is born with merely human concerns. We are all bent towards ourself. And so there is a battle within your kids going on right now. Their natural tendency is to be concerned just about themselves and not God. And parents' roles is to step in and say, I'm going to help you be concerned about the things of God. That's my conviction, that my role as a parent is to help align my kids, not with their own desires, are you kidding me, but to get them into God's. Because God's ways are always going to be good and right. And here's what's true. When you, every time you do that, your kids are not going to like it. They just don't like it. No human being likes it. We want to do our own thing, okay? So here's some questions for you. Do you know what God's concerns are? Like the first thing you got to do, I think, to to really be able to parent a a, a child well and battle with this is I got to know what God's concerns are. So that's why being here on Sunday morning is so important, our life together groups during the week, reading the scriptures for yourself, because God will give you, he'll write them on your heart. And do you have the conviction that God's ways are really actually the best for your kids? And if you do, then you can battle with that deep conviction. All right? But then, oh, yeah. I know. I interrupted him first service, and I thought, well, next service, like he'll. Nope. Um, because this is new. This was a new thought this morning that we did not put in our notes because I didn't think of it. But this verse that we present everyone to God, mature and complete. Why do we want to present our kids to God, mature in Him? Because they're His. They belong to him, and for the rest of their life, they will be either your brother or sister in Christ, someone who is living out their own authority as a peer in the kingdom of God, where we all look at each other eye to eye. And these kids, we are here to steward, to love, to train, but in the end, we give them to God. And our desire is they look more like Christ than us. Awesome. If that isn't straight in your heart, that will be very difficult then to step in the battle for them and with them because we think they're ours. Like we own them. They're for my satisfaction, for my emotional comfort, for my, so many times our kids, we feel like we own them and we don't. So anyway, we'll move on. No, it's, but you're going to get to that. That's really good. So, so we battle with conviction first. And then the second thing is when you battle with your kids, you've got to do it with strength. 
okay? You've got to do it with strength. I just want to tell you, over and over and over again, you're going to tell your kids things they don't want to do. And this conviction to help turn their negative behavior into positive patterns for living, you're going to have to work really hard, and you're you're going to struggle with that. And here's the thing. You will have to tell them things that hurt them. They're going to be hurt by some of the things that we tell them. And so this next verse, Paul, who wrote, again, who's kind of the, the key church planter who started churches right when the church began, he had a young church, okay? It was like a, like a young child. He had this young church in Corinth. And because it was a young church, their behaviors were way, <laughs> they were not the concerns of God, okay? There were tons of things that the church was just doing wrong. So he writes them a letter to help reveal to them, hey, this is the stuff that isn't right. And, and that was the, and, and in your Bibles, it's called 1 Corinthians. It's Paul's letter to them, and you can read that and see the stuff he was pointing out. And then he writes a second letter to them, and listen to what he says in the second letter. He goes, even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I caused you that, I don't regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I'm happy Not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance, and it leads to salvation that leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you? What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation and what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. Paul's like, I'm so glad I had the strength to write you that letter. And as I'm looking at this, really there's such a difference between sorrow and harm, between causing sorrow in our kids' lives and harming them. Paul didn't harm the Corinthians. Um, And that was just something that was really hard for me to understand uh, as a new mom. And when we talk about worldly sorrow and godly sorrow, David's going to explain that more. But again, this, um, there's really two different ways you could swing as a parent. There's so many pendulums in life, aren't there? One way is the way I swing, overly empathetic. I'm so concerned about the connection and so engaged emotionally with my kids that it's difficult for me to have the strength to cause sorrow. And there are many of us in this room who, um, who struggle with that. And I will tell you, 99% of the time, I think it's a boundary issue. I think that I am depending on my kids for um, value or happiness or... Um, comfort or whatever. There's things that make me need them. So many of us need our kids for things that we're responsible for. And so we don't cause them harm. We don't stand strong in our convictions because we don't want to hurt the relationship and lose their affection or lose their affirmation or lose uh, whatever it is that we're, and that's a bad boundary. The other way you can swing in the pendulum is there's some of you in here who, um, you really have no problem with this. You're listening to us talk thinking that we're crazy folk. I have friends who are so free and able to just be strong and to just say it like it is with their kids. And I admire that so much. I I wish that were me. But 
I'm also going to say, if that is you, and this never crosses your mind, I would challenge you to just let the Holy Spirit examine your heart and look at yourself and see if maybe your problem isn't bad boundaries because you actually have a wall. A boundary is meant to be crossed over, a fence, a gate that we can come in and out. A wall, a brick wall, a cement wall um, is a different story. And sometimes you, I think that we can have a lot of strength in parenting because we're really not concerned about the relationship. And our job is to raise them into adults who have healthy relationships with give and take and are deeply connected at a heart level. And if we're not concerned about our relationship, then we just need to examine and make sure we haven't gone the other direction because then we have the potential to cause worldly sorrow, to exasperate, discourage, and actually harm them with our, with our strength. And so, so, again, why did Paul write the letter, right? He, he wrote the letter because he was concerned about their relationship with God and because of their relationship with each other, okay? So this is what's so interesting. When you are going to battle with your kids and you're going to be strong, mm -hmm. you must make sure that it's about the relationship. Because here's what godly sorrow is, okay? There's a difference. You can produce godly sorrow or worldly sorrow in your kids. Godly sorrow, if, just by the term, right? Godly means it's of God. It's actually like God. It's the concerns of God. And God is always about relationship, about oneness. And so truly desiring relationship and wanting to, so what godly sorrow produces in someone is like, I really, this relationship with you matters so much to me that I feel sorry about whatever I did that was causing the relationship to be hurt. And so I will change, right? So this godly sorrow leads to repentance because I care about the relationship. Well, what's worldly sorrow? So worldly sorrow, as you're going to see throughout the rest of this message, the world, the worldly, the way of the world is human concerns. And human concerns is when it's all about yourself. You guys, you've, you've seen this, right? When you have worldly sorrow, it's you're sorry because you got caught. <laughs> or you, your kids are sad because of the consequences they're, they're doing. See, they're actually thinking about themselves, or it can flip and do a 180 on them, and they'll think, I'm the worst, I'm horrible, and they start saying these really negative thoughts about themselves, which is, means they're still thinking about themselves. And worldly sorrow actually leads to death. But godly sorrow can lead to life. And so when you speak, when you battle with your kids, and you go, I'm going to battle with deep conviction, but I'm going to battle with strength, you got to make sure that your goal is godliness, godly sorrow. Not to shame them, not to put them down, but to help expose the things that are hurting relationship, okay? So how do we battle with strength in a way that produces godly sorrow? Here's the third thing. When you battle with your kids, you got to battle with wisdom, okay? Just battle with wisdom. Look at this. This is phenomenal stuff here. James 3, <clears throat> who is wise and understanding among you? Wouldn't it be great if, as the parent, you were the one who was wise and understanding? Mm -hmm. Anybody ever feel like you're not the wise and understanding one? Let them show it. If you are the wise and understanding one in your home, you'll show it by your good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy or selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven. It is earthly unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder 
and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness, of things that are good and right. Now, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I use this passage with my kids a lot. Mm -hmm. When they're battling each other, I'll take them, okay, guys, why are we fighting right now? And every time, it's because they're selfish ambition. And then I'll just pull out the scripture. I go, you guys, selfish ambition, it's not of God. It, look, it's earthly, unspiritual. It's demonic. And then we'll talk about this. And, <laughs> and then this week, in studying this, I'm like, oh, my kids don't just do this. I do this. As a parent, as the one who's supposed to be wise and understanding. How, so I want you guys to think deeply about this how we actually can have bitter and selfish ambition as parents. What that means is merely human concerns as a parent. Stuff like, I want your behavior to change. Why? Because it's bugging me. (laughs) Right? I want peace in this home. I want some help around this house. I see other kids respecting their parents. I want the same thing. (laughs) And why? Because it's embarrassing to me. Everything I just said, I have said, and every one of those things, it's about me. Now, is it, d- d- peace in the home is a godly thing. Having the kids help around the house is right. Kids respecting their parents is the right thing. But what is your motive in that? And if it's about you, if you have selfish ambition or bitter envy, I'm, I want this, you will come in such a way that will bring judgment and shame to your kids. And here's what's crazy. Without even realizing it, we're the ones actually causing the disorder and every evil practice in our homes. So be very careful when we are parenting that you think through this. Are you actually battling with wisdom? Mm-hmm. And that kind of wisdom, it says, produces a harvest of righteousness, yeah. which righteousness is just the, the life God wants for us. It's joy and peace and power and strength, all the things we want in our home. And we wanted to pause here for a minute and mention that one of the clues that we're operating out of selfish ambition oftentimes is our anger, which does not ever accomplish what God wants. Look at uh, James 1. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Wow, that's hard. I had never experienced zero to 60 in anger until I had kids. That slow to anger piece, I don't know how to, I don't, I don't know, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> um, but so many times as the kids were growing up, because I felt powerless to help them as a mom, I didn't know what to do, they weren't growing or they weren't changing as they needed to, um, I felt really justified in my anger. I am the mom and you will feel my wrath. You know, it's just, it, that doesn't help, by the way. Um, I don't think it does because God convicted me of this years ago. Um, I remember my mom just being furious with me. I thought this was a natural part of being a parent is being angry. It is, and yet we can't sin in our anger. We have to, um, we have to listen. We have to submit ourselves to them. 
Um, this kind of anger that lashes out, that is zero to 60, usually comes not from love, but from fear or my own pain. Um, we have pain, we have wounds, we need, we lack the ability to control, we want respect, they're thwarting our values, and, and it's coming out of my own brokenness. I rise up in anger at my kids. And so can I just say, kids, please give us grace. Give your parents grace. It is so difficult to live this life, and we are all beat up. And so much of the anger that comes out of our kids is actually something happening inside of us. That is a great clue that we need to press into with Jesus to let him heal us, to let him give us strength and calmness. But the answer to this is listening and really, um, according to this, being slow to speak. The counting to 10 actually works um, <laughs> in my heart. And so, so here, but here's the good news, right? Jesus is saying, you enter the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the way of God can, is actually inside you now with the Holy Spirit. So let's look again, what is the wisdom then? You battle with wisdom, but you battle with the wisdom that comes from heaven. You guys, when we all get to heaven, this is what it's gonna be like, okay? And Jesus is saying, you can bring this into your home. He says, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, and listen to this, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Mm -hmm. Peacemakers who sow in peace, again, reap a harvest of righteousness. And I, I gotta be honest with you, I love this passage. I actually feel like God leads me to this passage in any time I have a, my own personal conflict. Mm -hmm. I've never looked at it as a dad. You know why? Because it says I'm supposed to be considerate and submissive and impartial with my kids. That's interesting. <laughs> you know, but you know what those three words mean? It just simply means I'm not about me. If you're considerate of the other person, submissive and impartial, that means you're not about yourself. You're about the relationship. Mm -hmm. So here's just some questions. Am I, do I really consider their needs when we're in the battle? And is my considerate to, to help them become mature in Christ over my own desires and what I want? As Susie said, am I actually listening to them? Am I really open to their ideas? Or, and, and it's crazy, because there have been times when in the heat of battle, it, oh, this is really hard, when you're right in the middle of it and you realize they're right. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> yeah, seriously, you know what you do? You say, wow, honey, you know what? You're right. Mm -hmm. And you submit. Mm -hmm. And you consider them. Instead of lording it over them. Mm -hmm. And so that's so huge. So you guys battle with your kids, man, with conviction, with strength, and with wisdom. And when we, that's battling with our kids. And again, like we said at the beginning, we only do that because we're battling for them. And we, we could have stopped the message here about battling with them because that's a whole message in and of itself. Um, but we can't stop because you can fight well with your kids. You can have great boundaries. You can fight well with them. And if you're not fighting for them, you have lost the battle. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So let's talk about it real quick here. How do you battle for your kids? Number one is you have to battle against darkness. Mm -hmm. you, you, you just do. 
And, and here's the beauty of Jesus. Look at this, Colossians 1.13. It says, Jesus rescued us from the dominion of darkness. What does that mean? Well, dominion is a power. And you guys, I, I can tell you right now, anybody know there's like a dark power <laughs> going on in our world right now? I tell you what, talk to principals, talk to teachers, talk to kids and youth, people in youth ministry, and you realize there is this darkness, and darkness in the Bible is always tied to destruction. It's the stuff that destroys a person's heart. It destroys the relationships around them. It wounds them deeply. And Jesus says he rescued us from that. Is that not good news? See, this is where we start getting into some good news. He takes us out of that dominion of darkness, and he brings us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so, again, if Jesus, if that's what he does, is he says, I'll leave all my comfort. I'm going to lay down my life for you to rescue you from darkness then he's inside me now as a dad. And that means I gotta, I'm going to battle for my kids against the darkness that's in this world. Mm -hmm. And this battle against darkness is a battle for their heart. Hmm. It's about love. Look at 1 John 2. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. You know, this uh, hating the world and is not like, God so loved the world, he sent his son. It's not the people in the world. It's the world system. It's, it's these things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. That is the darkness in us revealed. We are all born with this propensity to have to fill this insatiable need, right? The lust of the flesh, that's simply, I want sugar and I want it now. I want to play PlayStation for six hours and I want it now. By the way, after the first service, I was talking with a family mm -hmm. outside and it was so cute. There was this kid, he's probably about <laughs> eight or nine. He's like, when she said that fighting for PlayStation, it was so cool. <laughs> like, See, <laughs> you will cause sorrow. It will cause conflict. <laughs> it, is, it is feeding this thing right here and we all battle that. These things that we're fighting for our kids with, we battle this. I want sugar and I want peace and quiet because I need my sleep, right? I have to fight feeding myself. The lust of the eyes, I want those shoes, I want that hat, I want the new gadget, I want the new iPhone, and I want it now. Those are seeing things in the world that we want more than we want anything else in life. And you know a kid with laser focus, right around Christmas time. It's amazing how they can focus on things they want. Um, and then the pride of life. That is finding value in what I do and what I have. See, we battle this too. So many of us find our worth and value in what we own and what we do in life. Our kids will fight that battle. They will think that they're only valuable if they have the newest iPhone. They will think they're only valuable if they can perform on the stage or on the field or in the classroom. And you as the parent have to be very clear about this because it's about their heart. It's a battle, not just about what they have and what they do, but what they love, what they really love. Do they love the world? or not? Are they getting their value from these things or not? Yeah. And so, 
If you're going to battle with the darkness, then there's how you do it. You battle it with the gospel. You, you, you battle this lust for the, of the flesh and the eyes and this pride of life. The, and I tell you, man, it, it all, it's, it's just so sad, right? I mean, you just see it. I, I, I see it in ourselves, too, like Susie said. But when you're watching children mm-hmm. growing up believing that they're only valuable if they look a certain way, if they're pretty enough, if they're funny, if they get asked to something, if they're with the cool kids, if they got you know, selected to the team, it's like, oh, my gosh, you guys, this is just destroying people. So the, what, what's the gospel? Look at this, man. First Thessalonians 2, I love this. Paul, again, is writing to these people he loves, and he says, we, previ- we had previously suffered, because remember, man, this is a battle. We previously suffered and we've been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, there it is, depending on his strength, with the help of our God, we dared to tell you the gospel in the face of strong opposition. Here's what I want to tell you, all you parents and all of you in this room who have people you love, will you dare in this world today to share the gospel with them? And not one time, over and over and over again. Now, if you do, you're going to have strong opposition, man. The world and its systems are in absolute antithesis to the gospel. The human flesh is absolute at an antithesis against the gospel. And then the enemy himself, he just, he works on you. He accuses you. Who are you? And he makes you feel like a loser parent, right? So, Will you dare to tell your kids the gospel? Why? Because it's the greatest news in all the world. Seriously, Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. You want to talk about deep conviction? <laughs> Do we really believe at our core that if our kids can understand the gospel, they have the best shot ever of experiencing the life that they were created to live? So how do, you, how do you tell them the gospel? Well, it's so easy. In, in, well, no. Did I just say that? Yes, you did. Okay, rewind the tape. How do you tell them the gospel? It's really hard. But, but here's, here's some ways that you can do it. Selfish ambition and bitter envy is causing chaos in your home. Amen? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can just say, you guys, this is not of God. And so here's the deal. When we act like that, we actually are separated from God. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the deal. So, and in, 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 in that's actually what death is, is when you're separated from God. So here's what has to happen. You have to have that stuff forgiven. That's why Jesus came. So the first thing that's so cool, man, is Jesus came to take your punishment. Do you deserve punishment for this selfish ambition that's causing chaos and hurting your brother and sister? Yes, you do. You know what's so good? Jesus came to take your punishment. One of my greatest moments as a parent was my, my girls were really little, and Ashlyn, the second daughter, was, was really in trouble. And she was, she was gonna, I can't remember what, what the punishment was gonna be. She was gonna get punished pretty, pretty good. And Mariah was standing there, my oldest daughter, and she came in and she looked at me and she said, Dad, she goes, would you punish me instead? That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Jesus said, Dad, Punish me instead. And so you never have any punishment. You guys, so why, why do you battle with the gospel? Because when your kids screw it, screw up, many times they're going to feel shame. And you can just come in and you go, you don't have to feel shame. Jesus has forgiven you for everything. 
Now, so you just can take away the whole shame. Take away the performance. This isn't about how well you perform. The gospel is Jesus loved you so much that he would actually pay for all of your sin no matter what you do. So let's just get rid of the shame. But that's half the gospel. The other part of the gospel is he rose from the dead. He didn't just die on the cross. He actually rose from the dead. You guys, he's living today to help you now become, overcome all of these merely human concerns. You guys, I love this. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. The gospel displays the glory of Christ. Why? Because what it says is, you know what? Jesus loves you no matter what. Helping your kids know they are loved no matter what is a battle worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. And that's what he does. They don't deserve it. Quite opposite. (laughs) But Jesus lives a powerful, selfless life. We got one more, last real quick. Yeah, last thing. We can't leave without this. Um, you can battle really well with your kids and for your kids with the gospel, but if you're not battling for them in prayer, you're going to be up the creek without a paddle, basically. So the last one is battle in prayer. Um, one example in Scripture is Colossians 4. Paul says, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. First of all, Epaphras, who led these people to Christ, was wrestling for them. That is a battle term. That is in combat, hand-to-hand combat. You guys, we, are, we need to engage in hand-to-hand combat with the spiritual forces of this dark world. If you're here today and you're checking out Christianity and that sounds really weird to you, you know you have felt evil that you can't see or explain. There is a battle we need to engage in in the spiritual realms, hand-to-hand combat. And he says that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. If we're praying for kids that they'll be happy, that they'll be safe, that they'll have a good night's sleep. That's nice, but we need to pray for their hearts to stand firm in Christ in a very, very difficult world that I'm surprised any of us survive. The illustration I thought of is if you are battling this battle as a parent and you are not interceding for your kids in prayer daily, several times a day, really, truly engaging there, then it's like fighting a battle without the Calvary, without the backup. You know, the, the battle scenes in any good movie, there's always at the nth hour, the, you know, the planes come in and they drop the bombs and miracles happen. It's like fighting a battle where there's never any white horse that comes riding over the horizon. We can fight this battle but we need Jesus. And he does something above us, beyond us, and totally in spite of us on behalf of our kids. And we pray, and he comes in on his white horse. Why? Because they're his. And he is battling for them whether you are or not. So just partner with him in prayer and engage. Please, let's do this for our kids for our loved ones, for our spouses, because the prayer you pray for them really does have effect, even when you can't see it. Yeah.
That was good. <laughs> so here's the deal. Will you be a brave warrior? Will you be brave? Will you step in the gap and battle? Will you battle with deep conviction and with strength from God? Will you battle with wisdom that always leads to peace? And will you battle for them with the gospel against the darkness that's trying to take them out with prayer? And in light of that, let's read this verse one last time. Look at this. I changed it just a little bit. So we tell our children about Christ, warning each one and teaching each one with all the wisdom that God has given us. We want to present them to God, fully mature in Christ. And that's why we work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within us.